Hello and welcome to Insurgent Tracks Podcast. We pretend to be laughing at oblivion. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. I don't even have anything clever to follow that up with. That was too good. Uh, how you doing today? It's a great line. Um, Such a good line. I am doing all right. Uh, went for my annual doctor visit today. Mm. Had a nice new doctor. Okay. Um, okay. Luck, lucky enough to have health insurance and that whole thing. So uh, I figure if I do, I'm going to go see the doc. Yeah. What's that like? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he, he was a nice guy. He said everything checked out. So, you know, here yeah. we are. I'm still here. I'm still here. How are All you? Right. I'm good. I'm good. I had a frustrating, weird day. Kind of like 10 dumb little things I had to deal with through the whole day. Just a mishmash of like annoyances. Yeah. That kind of day where you're like, you look at the clock and you're like, it's like 7 p.m. I'm exhausted. Yep. Ugh. Um, so, uh, but, but I am very happy to be recording and I'm very happy to be talking about this record. Ah, Pete, we're going to get close on this one. I'm very excited to <laughs> talk about something that might happen on this record that has not happened for me before. So, wow. Um, can't wait today. Pete, what record are we talking about? We're talking about the into another album called ignore us. First and foremost, I-G-N-A-U-R-U-S. How clever is that? Like almost too clever for its own good, right? Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. It's I good. like it. I, it. It doesn't like... All right. Anyways, it sets the tone, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, Pete, why are we talking about this record? Um, because Into Another is one of my personal favorite bands. Uh, it is relevant to the world of kind of the world we come from but also like this post hardcore world that probably i'd say that we were more familiar as kids with their bands before these bands Mm -hmm. and then this is what they had did after um so it's sort of fascinating and they they were kind of a blip in the 90s they almost had a moment um but didn't quite and I mean, to some people, let me just say, this is a band who hundreds and hundreds of people around the world have, you know, tattooed on their body uh, and were really, really big. And it just, when it's like, oh, you know, they didn't quite make it. It's like, no, no. What I mean when I say that is they didn't quite make it to be one of the biggest rock bands in the whole world, but they still really mattered to a lot of people, myself included. So, sure. Um, my, we didn't really do this on the last one, but uh, we we talked about it enough. Yeah, it's all right. What's your personal experience with the band into another and or this record? So I, like you said, we both came from hardcore punk music, kind of growing up. We've mentioned that a few times. Um, yeah. So, Bob, I must have had like a moment where Richie, who was the singer of this band, who also sang for a band called Underdog. Yes. I did not realize that. Um, I think it's one of those things that I knew at one point, but it's just not an important piece of piece of information for me. So I just yeah, threw it out at a certain away, point. Right? Yeah. So yep. as soon as I started listening to it, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then I looked into, you know, the, I knew that they were like hardcore punk affiliated, but mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly how. Um, but that being said, I had never listened to an Into Another record. Um, They're one of those bands that were on compilations from 
that I definitely had at the time. Like samplers and such. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think they were just, they were a skip band for me, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just never, I never listened to them. So this was entirely new to me. Um, so my old, my, my, it's a story as old as time. Uh, a guy who was older than us from the shore, who I won't mention my name because he was kind of uh, like a piece of shit. Um, but he he was into this band and he knew I loved Underdog and was like, oh, you ever hear into another? I was like, ah, oh, not really. And he's like, you probably won't like it now, but you might like it when you're, you know, in a few years. So I think this conversation is taking place when I'm like 17. So I do what any 17 year old does. I'm curious. I listen to the record. I'm like, yeah, he's right. This is weird. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> that sounds right I, for a 17 year old. Which, which I, yep. And also on top of it i had heard them on samplers and this and that and compilation type things before too and this is just not the right band and the right format to introduce to like teens like that i think if you give a teen the whole record they can make their decision themselves but like one song from this band there's a couple that i think really stand out and i love but i'm not totally sure this is a compilation band this is an album band to me um, definitely not a compilation band. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. As we explained both of our experiences of being like, yeah, I didn't like the, um, I revisited probably in my early twenties and was like, Oh, wait a second. I get it now. Okay. This is going for something really different than what I was used to. I was familiar with underdog, um, the singer, Richie Birkenhead's, band prior to this and was a huge fan um and then ah, man pete if you were to ask me bob who do you like more underdog or into another you'll just get me in that like glitch mode where it's like uh, 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 (laughs) so i really like the band um love this record but haven't sat with it with this style of intent in some years, have I listened to... Uh, yeah, I listen to this record pretty frequently. Um, certainly within the last three months. Uh, so, it's a record I really like. It's a record that I think a lot of my friends who are into the faster side of hardcore probably wouldn't like because it's decidedly like, Pete, this is not a hardcore record almost in... There's some hints of background, but it's not a hardcore record. Would you say that? It's not a hardcore record in any way. Okay, I, I, I think I was I think, trying to couch it, but yeah, it's not. No, I mean, I, I think that I think that if you if you are familiar with hardcore from a certain era, yeah, it's the 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 connection there and the fact that it's like hardcore adjacent makes perfect sense. But it's like definitively not a hardcore record, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and I think they wouldn't wouldn't want to qualify it like that either. But is it a post hardcore record? Yeah, sure. But what does that even mean? Um, right, right. It's sort of a catch all. Um, I'm excited to do track by track, but before we do, um, couple facts, fun things. Um, the bass player Tony Bono, uh, R.I.P. He passed in 2002. Also played in the New Jersey metal band Whiplash. Have you ever heard Whiplash? Didn't we do a Whiplash record? No, we didn't. Did no, we? I've never no. heard Whiplash, but now I want wow. to. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think. Hold on. Uh, there's friends of ours listening to this who are yelling you need to hear (laughs) and all right i'm looking at the covers right now power and pain i think is one let me see what is the record i think it's power and pain yeah i think it's power and pain okay so let's listen to power and pain at some point do that record um 
so um other members richie was from the hardcore band underdog the band the numbskulls part of that drew uh the drummer was in the band bold before this and i don't know where the other um might have come from but anyways they all had basically like prior roots in hardcore punk metal etc so um yeah guitarist peter moses i think this maybe maybe that's his first band um so they they kind of come together with the idea of doing something really different than what they were coming from and you're much more the prog rock guy than me but i will say i think they said hey coming from punk we're coming from hardcore we're coming from metal how what would a prog version of this start to sound like um and what if we were to take in some really different influences i mean to me when i listen into another the early records are much closer to hardcore like there's Mm -hmm. actually parts that sound they're chunky they're super aggressive and you get some of that here but it's just kind of like hints and nods right and a lot of the, especially lyrically and what they're doing kind of artistically is really pushing away from the more grounded nature of hardcore. Like you won't hear too many hardcore songs that are singing about wanting to grow antennae or um, the infamous <laughs> line, I feel like having a seance. So <laughs> yeah. that um, was, that was my other, that was the second choice for the intro line. Oh, it's, uh, I mean, let me just say, I kind of always feel like having a seance. So you just let me know. Um, I mean, that's essentially what we're doing here once a week. So that's true. That's true. Light the candles. Um, It's weird. I think that they, they, the common throw around is it's like, yeah, it's like if Rush and the bad brains got together in jail. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Kind of. The big thing I think that shines is Richie Birkin has his vocalist. Mm-hmm. He he's got one of the craziest voices. Full stop. You it's know? really wild. Yeah. So and, and and I'll say that like having only heard Underdog. Yes. He he brings it to a whole different level on this one. If you had only heard the band Underdog, who <clears throat> by punk and hardcore standards are a pretty eclectic band for and, sure. Like, unique sound, unique production choices on the records, the whole thing. That looks very pedestrian compared to this, you know? So, um, so anyways, I, uh, any other big thoughts on this record beforehand? Cause I, I mean, I got a couple of mine out. I mean, just that like, it's, it's such an interesting record. Um, I think that, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to say too spoil. much because okay. yeah, okay. I, I want to, I want to save it for the end, but I feel like, I feel like this band may have done better had they escaped uh, the hardcore punk world more, which I'm sure they were attempting to do, but maybe that didn't work out for them. You know, it's a really, really fantastic question Um, because for the 90s post-hardcore scene, there was this kind of like built-in audience for the guys who are on the more successful side of things, I'll say that there's right. a built-in audience. So it's like, Oh, Jim from Jim X of strengths, uh, is got a new band and they're playing the club. <clears throat> oh, cool. Let's go check them out. So 
because of these like diehard, passionate, involved fans of what you had done before, you could probably go even on a f- early tour and you're getting 50, 100 people at a show just based on your bona fides, you know? Right. So you have a built-in base. Now, do they stick with you as you continue this kind of musical progression? And how big do you grow beyond that base is the big question. And um, and I think that's that's kind of the tried and true question for a lot of these bands. And you tread the line. Um, I, I think it ends up being a huge help at the very beginning. And then for a lot of the things, like you can be so attached to that specific scene and world that you're not maybe taken seriously by other niche markets or other people who are like, oh yeah, but that band's just a blank band. That's just these guys and they're maybe not taken as seriously as they should be or could be. And I don't know that that's the case with Into Another, but I think to me, when I hear them, there's certain material... The song that comes off the record that came out after the Seamless um, is the album. The song is Tail. Mm-hmm. Actually, and this is a wild thing to think about, hit number 39 on Billboard's mainstream rock charts in 96. Hitting number 30. Pete, me and you could whistle like in a kazoo track our way onto the <laughs> Billboard charts in 2021. <laughs> but in 1996, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I kind of think that it was just a weird confluence of timing, maybe never totally getting the breaks that you would hope for. And they might have just been had too much going on to, to be mainstream rock darlings, even in a time when more challenging music was getting airplay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it feels particularly challenging for larger audiences. But um, Bob, I have one question before we get into the yes. track by track. Yes. So you obviously know the whole catalog. I do. Um, I know that you said you did the the deep dive on this in a way that you hadn't, you know, a for while. a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how you feel now, but going into this before the deep dive, mm-hmm. where did this record sit on your hierarchy of into another records? Oh, um, their last album, Seamless, is number one. Ignore Us is a close number two. Okay. The self-titled LP is a distant third though i do like it and think it has a lot of personality um and then right alongside that i like that they did an an ep called creepy ep um that's my f- intro to them that i like as well like i think okay. you need to hear all those to to hear them the first two ignore us and seamless they get much more melodic there's much more sense of melody and not that those elements are nowhere on the first two records but they're just a lot more understated. They're more, those are the flourishes. And I think by Ignorus, they use their more aggressive elements as the, as the flare. They like invert it. And I think that's kind of an interesting um, template. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So this cool. is my second favorite of the records uh, prior. And it's uh, staying in that seat for this, after this listen. Okay. Because it seemed like, when I was just kind of reading around, it seems like there's no real consensus on a favorite into another record. It seems like everyone kind of likes different albums for different reasons. Yes. So, so some of the diehard fans, like from the earliest era, really liked their first LP. Um, 
part of it, I think, is the production on that record's not not super great. I, I also omitted the reunion album Omens, mm-hmm. which is a superior reunion record. It's really good. Oh, cool. Released in 2015. Worth time and attention. I think Seamless is pretty easily their best record. However, Pete, I have to tell you, here's the problem. It's released by Hollywood Records. What do you know about Hollywood Records? Anything? Not much. I remember. Was did they do like a Suicide Machines record or something? I don't remember. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, Hollywood Records is an American record label that was eventually purchased and part of the Disney Music Group. Ah, uh, uh, label focuses in pop, rock, alternative hip hop, and country genres, as well as as well as specializing in mature recordings not suitable for the flagship Walt Disney Records label. So, um, Hollywood Records, additionally, basically a lot of their 90s, early 2000s material that didn't pop big is in purgatory. It's just shifting around, sitting out there, and nobody really, they don't really care about the property and they don't see it as being like worth their time, even necessarily. So, it's, it's one of those things. I, I think it's one of the biggest crimes that it is not currently available on streaming. Um, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, I at least know that it's not on streaming, so that's a problem. A huge problem. Um, additionally, for the Into Another uh, Completist, they have an unreleased record, Soul Control, where it steers way heavier into the electronics. Oh. Um, and it's, it's a very interesting listen, though not mandatory. I'd say Omens is significantly above... Uh, soul control, but you rarely hear a band like this, period, but you rarely hear a band from with this kind of sound who evolves it into more of an electronic thing. And I thought that's just on a purely like academic level, it's kind of fun to hear. Sure. that's a, I didn't know that they had an unreleased record like that. Unreleased um, and also locked up in the Hollywood vault. I don't know wow. that it was ever properly finished either. It's pretty complete, but it's also... I don't know that it was... As somebody out there knows, to my knowledge, it wasn't <clears throat> fully complete. So, Okay. I'm looking at Hollywood records now. It's actually a few of the Dead Milkmen records that I've never been able to find are mm. were on Hollywood records. Um, and that's probably why I still can't find them. It's it's kind of fascinating because yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of stuff <clears throat> that they own their property to, and you realize like, hey, how hard is it to get stuff up on streaming? And then you realize there's royalties and contractual stuff, and how do you navigate that? And how does ownership rights to music that was done in a pre-digital world and on contracts that were done in a pre-digital world and never again revisited? translate to digital you know what i mean like yeah there's no agreed upon rate they have to go through and like basically track all this down and it's like i can see why it's kind of a uh difficult thing we'll say there oh and and by the way i should say it was part of disney from start so um you know into another sign with the idea that they could be pretty big yeah all right bob track by track by track Let's do this. Into another, ignore us. First track, Running Into Walls.
So um, I was shocked when this first started playing because I just had no idea what to expect. Um, and it wasn't really what I expected in any way. Um, oh, let's freeze real quick. What yeah. did you expect? What were you thinking this I, might be? That's, I, I, I love that. So I expected something more definably post-hardcore. Um, okay. And I think so. All right. So let me clarify. There's a part in this song where it, it like really shifts into this heavier groove. Yep. I guess we could call it the chorus for all, all intents and purposes. Yes, this song for sure. Um, and that's where I was like, Oh, like this is what I expected out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it kicked off, it was, it was a little shocking cause it was, it was, yeah, it was like, it was a little brighter. It was like more proggy. It was, uh, just and just way, frankly, way more like advanced than I expected. Yeah. Um, and the vocals, like, I mean, it was it, honestly it was shocking for me too because I I knew who was singing right away. Um, very recognizable voice, but for sure. But he was not doing something in this format. Yeah, exactly. He was doing something very different from what I was used to. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it. it I, I gave this record a bunch of listens because I wanted to like kind of wear off that initial shock. Yes. Um, I didn't want that to like taint this episode. So, <laughs> um, but uh, like overall it's a cool song. I mean, it's really like, there's a lot of different parts to it. It definitely has again, that like nineties hardcore adjacent groove. Yes. But like, it's way more layered than that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good juxtaposition of like heavier and mellower parts. Yep. Um, it's a pretty intense start to a record. It's like a six yep. minute song just about. Oh yeah. Um, but it ended up being one of my favorites on the record probably. So I think that's a consensus. It's a pretty popular into another song. Um, I love it. I love the song. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of that probably tonight, but let me be more direct. I think the production on this record is just about perfect for this sound. I yeah. love the bass sound. Um, Song starts kind of, you know, as you said, it's brighter. It's a little gentler than I think people would expect. And it slowly builds until it's a sudden fierce kind of part, like like what you're saying, like the, the nascent chorus, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think a continued theme that I would say on this song is there's this like use of negative space in the songs that you don't get in a lot of punk and post-hardcore. Um, they're just using some of the quieter spots. Like I would never call into another or this record or this song even particularly sparse, but there's there's moments where it's in between notes, in between you know they're playing, and it just feels so intentional because they're not afraid. Whereas with punk, hardcore, metal, aggressive music, usually you're going fast because you just have to have something happening. You just can't have stuff where it feels like open spaces. And I think the into another is daring in the way that they can traverse songs with, with some, with nothing spaces, you know? Right. Which is something you expect more from, let's see, post-punk, uh, new wave, certainly, um, uh, 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 Brit Brit pop, Brit rock. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you get that uh, shoegazy stuff, and I'm not saying that's an influence on these things, but I think that these guys are kind of daring in the way they do that. Yeah, 
So yeah, no, there's definitely this record is really good with space for sure, and I definitely agree with you in the production. I think it's for for what they're doing. It's yeah, it, it really sounds good. Yeah. Um, next song, Poison Fingers. I hope um, you got into this record and started looking at some of the lyrics. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. okay, good. Um, lyrics you're, are you're straight up so much better about that than I am at this point. I'm like a yeah, lyric poser, but yeah, no, this I mean one I, I know pretty well. I didn't go super deep. I didn't go as deep as I would have liked to, but um, there's a lot there. Yeah. So Poison Fingers lyrically, like just an awesome song. It's pulling on all these strings. It's it's. I think it's uh, kind of unambiguously, but it's but like almost nothing by into another is unambiguous. It's all pretty ambiguous. Um, a vegetarian song, um, and the idea of it is kind of this like vegetarianism. But to me, I read it more as this like weird anti-consumerism, how we look at the world song, and. Uh, more than anything Richie gets in his bag vocally like what do you want me to do on this song oh everything you got it like all my tricks here they are let's go Uh, I really like it this is more aggressive and probably like the darkest song on the record maybe yeah I think it probably is I mean it's like yeah um he definitely goes for it with the vocals on this. I was shocked again on this one on first listen. Um, just, just at his capabilities. Cause again, like he's doing things that he definitely didn't with underdog, but um, I think that's everyone's first reaction to <clears throat> into another, by the way. And like yeah. from the firsthand accounts from people who were there, fans of his work before fans of his stuff. Once then checking out into another records, it's like, Oh my God, what is he doing? Like yeah. in a like not in a negative way, but in a like, oh my god, I didn't know this dude could do this. Whoa. Sure. So yeah. I mean this this song, my one of my notes was just like this is what I this is kind of the only song on the record that is truly what I expected from this band. Um it yes. sounds kind of firmly post hardcore. Yes. Um, whereas the other songs have a lot more going on than this one. Um that being said, I, I like this song. I mean, it was solid. It, 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 uh, didn't blow me away, but it, right. it's, uh, it's a good song. This song fits way more. This is kind of one of those bridge songs. There was an EP, like a seven inch. that was a single with this song on it before this record came out. Um, this is kind of a bridge song there. If, if you find yourself listening to this and you're not familiar with into another, before you hear this record, if you love poison fingers, go back to the self-titled LP and creepy ep you will love those records um so uh but yeah that's a good point this is this is the more like oh yeah if you were thinking like hey richie from underdogs doing a post hardcore band you could see it being something more like this but you wouldn't ex- you'd almost never expect his vocal range yeah next uh, next song ungodly um so this is like more of a plotting song um, yes, it sounds like it's like uh, it's not proto, but it like it sounds like stoner rock, almost kind of sorta. It's like mm-hmm. it's like post hardcore doing Sabbath or something. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of Sabbath e nods, especially in the guitar work. Yeah, across for sure. the record, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Uh, I really like the guitar lead around like four minutes in. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty sick. I mean, like, like, I, not to just keep going on it, but like, all the dudes can play really well. Um, and the guitar tracks are dope. Um, the the bass tone is awesome. The drummer's awesome. The singer's obviously awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song is cool. I mean, it's just like as I was digging in, I was like, okay, so running into walls had like a lot of experimentation with a little bit of post hardcore poison fingers was kind of firmly post hardcore. This song is like kind of like Sabbathy, but also a little post hardcore. So like, like Mm -hmm. as I was getting into it, I was like, okay, there's, there's going to be something different here on every single track. It's not just going to be this like, you know, this is what this I, like. You can't play one song from this album and say like, "This is what this band this sounds is this like." Album, right? You know, yeah. um, because it's all kind of different. So that's um, actually super astute. That's that's hundred percent right on. Yeah, um, but I like this song overall. Uh, so this is the anti-church song, which you might not get if you read the title "Ungodly." <laughs> but um, it's it's an interesting thing because it's it's vehemently anti-church but not anti-faith or or spirituality. I think that's cool. You get what I I think is their signature really kind of shining through here. It does on uh running into walls but more so here and then maybe um laughing at oblivion later on and and touching yeah and and like anxious. Um which is that that marrying of like beauty and ugliness in the music. It's gritty, but also smooth. And that's where you get that like, oh, we have a vocalist who has this outrageous range. Cool. We can do some pretty wild shit musically and kind of work it out. Um, I think one of the things that sets them apart from being a post-hardcore, like just paint by numbers or even just like they're way more into the post. They could be, you know, proggy post hardcore is that whenever it's time for like breaks or where like a hardcore song would have a breakdown or a mosh part, they kind of opt for tempo and like time signature changes that really, (laughs) they're just interesting. You know, they're, they're, they're making interesting decisions, but I will say, by this point in their career, this is their second full length. There's a confidence in the way they do it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they've kind of worked out a lot of the kinks. So, um, yeah, I, I like this song a lot. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pete, I have a quick question for you. You had <laughs> never heard this song, Two Snowflakes, before, right? <laughs> no. Then I think we could say you have a healthy relationship with post-hardcore. I said... Um, if you are unhealthily invested in 90s post-hardcore, here's your ballad. This is like, this is a very big song for, for Into Another Head. With me 
Sure, I imagine. Do you feel like having a seance? Literally all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, full-on 90s victim, uh, Two Snowflakes, great song. Um, it's so weird. It's like... I don't even know. It's It's certainly... It feels almost an homage to the weirdness of some of the Smiths' lyrics and love songs that were also strange and weird all at once um, yeah you know like it just it has its own feel and texture and for it to come mid-record is like whoa like even it's almost weird among the weird if that makes sense i mean but that's a really good point and that's something that i thought about too like like the smiths are like they're just they're a catchy like rock band essentially um which and like the thing that differentiated them, I think more than anything was the, was the lyrics themselves. Um, but then you have bands like American nightmare who like just sound like a darker kind of hardcore band. And what differentiated them was the lyrics. Um, but this is like, these lyrics are doing kind of the same thing that Morrissey was doing that Wes was doing. Yep. It's like introspective kind of like, like more philosophically oriented stuff. Um, but it's just not as, I guess with American nightmare, it's not as aggressive and with the Smiths is not as catchy. Right. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's just not as like, not, not to say American nightmare is super commercial, but like, no, no. Um, it's just, it's, there's nothing about this that like is going to get them on the radio. No, Um, that's a, that's a great way to put it. I think it's deeply personal in a raw and emotional way that feels up into this point of hardcore. And even, you know, I mean, American Nightmare is certainly a little different, but with them, it almost feels like this is like, like, whoa, too much, like very personal and like unafraid. Like that's the one thing I yeah. think these lyrics feel so unafraid and that's totally that, um, you the know, confidence is like is the the confidence is is the thing that like is really appealing here. Yes, and it's you know it's it's like artistic choice and like hey I'm in a band and why wouldn't I write these like deeply personal and emotional and uh and be unafraid of writing poetry style lyrics yeah that coming from a hardcore world would be like ooh uh, completely unheard of until you know you get later on down the line and even compared to most hardcore like into another lyrics here and prior because there's some truly strange into another lyrics um that i think uh people should seek out um they're just they're raw and it's it's just so cool so um uh, it, it kind of inspirational i i think <sighs> this isn't my favorite song on the record but it's right there it might be it's in my top five six into another songs yeah so. yeah no i mean some of the lines from this are some of my favorites, but it's it's just it's one of those things like I guess just to to put a finer point, like yes. I ha I, I wasn't I wasn't actively involved in like punk or hardcore at this point, so I can't really say, you know, what year was this record? Ninety four. Yep. Yeah. So um 
I wasn't involved at that point, so I don't know exactly, but I have to imagine it takes fucking balls to like just go out and coming from where you came from to then just put this out there. Yes. Um, it's ballsy. Um, yes. And but it's but it comes off as so confident, both both musically and lyrically. Um, it's cool. I mean, I, yeah, I, I really like this song. I mean, the line, if God is water, you and I are two snowflakes. It's just a theory of mine. I'll tell you all about it someday. Like, dude, that's great. Yeah. And and like, just, just so people are aware, if you've never, I will 100%, I'll put every dollar in my savings account on the fact that this is someone's, was someone's wedding song at some point in the past 20 years. Like, this is one of those like people love this song. Like, oh, it's like thing. that. I didn't oh, even know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, it's a it's a big one. It's definitely a uh, tattooed song. That whole thing. So, shout out to Snowflakes. Um, ah, man, this might be my favorite song on the record. Laughing at Oblivion. It's pretty good. Laughing at Oblivion. It's so weird. Like, <laughs> can I just say on a very broad? They're note, all so weird. Yes. Dude. The, well, that's one of the things that truly pulled me into this band was. It is the most confident, like, confrontationally weird record that I could think of. And there's a few others, but this one's really like, hey, look, like, we're even in a like post hardcore, I think, to the average everyday Steely Dan fan is pretty weird. (laughs) But Into Another was a whole other beast. And, like, it's not, it's not like, Primus style weird or flipper style weird. It's a different kind of weird um, that's more palatable, but at the same time, you're like, oh my God, this is like weird music. This is the music video is upside down, painted blue, wearing overalls, Richie singing these songs. Oh, wow. Yeah, I yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't go there. You got to go. You got to watch their music there. videos. The music videos are great. Wow. Um, so, Laughing at Oblivion. Laughing at Oblivion. I mean, this is this is if any song from this record got stuck in my head, it was this one. Um, so I have to say that I really like it. Um, I also <laughs> just really like the lyrics. Um, lyrics are great. Lyrics are uh, great. Really, uh, multiple super memorable parts, both musically and vocally, lyrically. Uh, the rainbow and into the like. Um. rising guitar lick like it's just it's it's also fun and weird in this epic and sweeping way so yeah and and let me just say the second shortest song on the record at four minutes and 11 seconds yeah i mean i think that's like one of the reasons that it's it might be one of my favorites too um yeah it's also i mean this one i think is a good one if you're coming from hardcore Yes, it's it's like it's like a dirgy prog hardcore song, basically. Yeah, yep. So I think you can like find something. That it's like this would be a more accessible song for for someone coming from that direction. So some of the guitar work on here. Uh, well, one, I hundred percent agree. And now, apart from that, some of the guitar stuff, like Pete Moses, he has to be an Iron Maiden fan, right? Like yeah, with how clean some of his guitar definitely. tones are, but yeah. he's still playing metal guitar, you know. So, um. All right, yeah, I love that song. Crazy that it's only one guitar player too. By the way, there's like Yo. so much going on here. All right, a, a quick pause so I can t- continue my into another gush fest. Yeah, <laughs> straight up, one of the most impressive live bands. Full stop. To me. Wow, I, I've seen them two or three times at this point in a reunion format. Um, 
Uh, Richie can still hit all the notes, and they the songs are so tight. And you watch the dude playing guitar, and you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> like that dude's crazy good." <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's very impressive. <sighs> Track six, Maritime Murder. Um, this song. This, this is, one, I yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I. Sorry, I'm just reading through my notes before I say anything because I've like I I made my notes the first listen and I've listened to it a bunch since so oh, I'm like I'm, I'm interjecting it. kind of other thoughts but um it's I feel like this song is like kind of where they shine it's it's experimental but they're not going too far out there yep um sometimes they go too far out there and I feel like it it does them a little bit of a disservice because they just haven't like nailed it yet. But then at mm-hmm. the same time, when they lean into just like like kind of typical post-hardcore, which I know was like somewhat of a new thing at the time. So it's like, it's funny to say that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they like, it just sounds to, to me now in 2021, it sounds almost redundant. Um, but this one, like there's a little bit of experimentation. There's a little bit of like post-hardcore um it's super vibey like honestly certain parts of this sound like tool to me because it's just like it's like froggy like like there's a very thin line dude between like the proggy metal world and like the post hardcore world um and they're kind of fitting right into that here i think um i i really like this song so yeah um i like it a lot it is not my favorite song on the record, not in my top five, but I do like it. I, I like that it's weird and drifty. It almost feels like space blues to me. Uh-huh. Um, it's well-placed in terms of the flow of the record. Um, and I, we haven't talked about the drumming too much, but I really like the drumming on this record and on this track especially. I think there was a few different patterns that it, they were working on um, that I, I like. And... The jammier parts of the song, I, I kind of like too, because it just starts to, it starts to be playful. Because you're right, it's like it creates a texture against the more straight, like oh, this is kind of post-hardcore, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, um, what's the drummer's name? Drew. Drew um, from Bold. Yes. Yes. Um, he is a great drummer. It's super solid. I think the only thing that takes me out of it, and it's the only, honestly, the only complaint I have about the production is just the snare sound is like very nineties. Um, in this way that takes me out of it a little bit. It's just like a little too ringy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. But, but yeah, that, I mean, overall, like, I mean, yeah, he kills it on this. I mean, all of those dudes kill it on this. All right. Uh, next song, William. Your 
This song grew on me so much. Um, I really didn't like this one all that much on the first listen. Yep. Um, but at this point, like I keep getting drawn more and more into it. I think by two things. The first is the the lyrics, and the second is the guitar lead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guitar lead is so good, dude. Um, it's like one of my. It might be one of my favorite moments on the album. Um, yeah, but that, yeah, I like lead, this one. And then there's the big solo. I yeah, it's just good. It's a very good song. Again, not my favorite on the record, but um, rounds it out nicely. Drowning. This one I noted that the drum and the bass drive the the band so much, and it just like really pulled it together on this song for me. Yeah, definitely. And this is one. It's kind of like uh, Poison Fingers for me, where it's it's kind of definitively post hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a little bit more in in the pocket precision. Um, I said there was kind of Iron Maiden vibes on the guitar churning in there. Uh, so yeah, this is this is to me this is into another doing into another things more straightforward. Yeah. For a band that's weird as all shit. Um, and the last song, perhaps one of the weirdest lyrical songs on the record, Anxious. Anxious. Um, so this one honestly didn't hit me too much, even okay. after numerous listens. Um, some more mellow, kind of a t- acoustic driven song. Um, but there was really like, I didn't find like there was a peak there. I feel like all these songs have they're kind of driving to something and there's like an experience there. Yeah. This one, I just, it, I don't know. There the, was, there, there was nothing that once, really, never only once. Yeah. Never only, didn't get you. Um, it's got, it's got that. And like that hit me a little bit more after numerous listens, but it still wasn't something that I really. Loved. So after a hundred listens, the wish yeah. that I had wings, you'd all look so funny <laughs> down there. We'll get you more so um i'm sure lyrical lyrical. i feel like that's what i have to take mushrooms and listen to oh yeah yeah. um let me just give a little sampling here the song to start the song anxious i wish that i had gills a pair of antennae an exoskeleton i wish i had wings on me and if i grew fur imagine the luxury yeah i wish i had fangs with which to bite you oh so lovingly wish i had scales like a reptile yeah i wish that i had gills no one would never know how I stay under. It's getting harder just to prepare, mother. Let me now. Let me know now if you care. It's never only once. Never. Um, it is a strange song, and it's a lyrical illusion kind of thing where Richie provokes, like brings up really unique stuff, <laughs> and <Yeah>. evokes <laughs> these weird things. And he does this. In other spots on other records, on Seamless, he does it. On the song Tail, he does it. Um, and it's just like, it's fun. And if you're paying attention, it gets you. I like the song a lot. Um, I probably like it more than the prior three songs even. Um, because it just it's one of those signatures. The big vocal, the big, what I call big soft riffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's a fun song. So, um Pete, I don't cut any songs on this record. I think you cut at least one, right? Yeah, I think I you cut, cut two. No, I think it was only one. Um, was it drowning or anxious? Anxious, you didn't hit you at all. Uh, I'm not going to cut anxious. It just, it, I, I feel like there could have been a more powerful closers track given 
uh, facts facts given all the songs on this record yeah Yeah. um but uh shit maybe maybe poison fingers just because it like interesting i don't know i i don't don't know that i have a cut track honestly okay did i say i have a cut track i don't know that i do um no uh, seamless the closing of seamless i think is like it's a closer track. You know what I mean? It's the way down. It's like this big, like the way down, the way down. It's like it, it, they, they, they fix their closer. We'll say that. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, I want, I want to listen to that. It's just, it seems like they, they had really like mapped this thing out mm-hmm. to me. Um, and then got to the end. We're like, all right, let's yeah, so I, I was, here we go. Yeah. I was, I was just kind of surprised that the ending wasn't like bigger. I could see that. Okay. But, yeah. All right. So we went through the whole record length. Is it too long? I mean, it's definitely long. It's what, like 45 minutes-ish? Yes, I believe-ish. Let's see. It is 44 minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah. So, I mean... Nine songs. So it's a long voice. But it, it they're long songs for sure. But it... it I'll say this. I mean, I have an ear for this stuff, having come come from punk and hardcore, and also interested in prog and interested in all like all yeah. sorts of weird music. Yes. So for so for me, it like it it chugs along just fine. I could see this being really exhausting for certain people, though. If you were really into faster music, it could both you and I probably like fast and efficient music more than most. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this record doesn't, it doesn't plod for me mostly. It doesn't drag. And there are there moments where I could go, you could shave 20 seconds off something, maybe. But there's enough parts in these songs, there's enough going on that it's almost like they've justified the length both on a per song and for album length. So I, I'm kind of, I'm comfortable with it. I like the length. Cool. Yeah. And the flow to me, that's one of the strengths of the record. I think it flows really well. It moves. You don't, you don't really get too much tempo changing. It's mostly pretty mid tempo, which does change on seamless. They don't, they're never like, you know, sprinting, but, but you pick up the pace on a couple tracks there which I think is a strength, but I really like the album flow as well. Yeah, album flow works for me. Uh, lyrics and quality of the songs overall? I mean, I think it's like A plus in that category. Yep. Now, Timelessness, it's 100% a 90s record. <laughs> Dude, 100,000 million percent. As yeah. much as Boston and Steely Dan are 70s records, <laughs> Ignore Us by Into Another is a 90s album. Yeah. Uh, and the final question here, album art. What do you think of the weird, uh, sad fairy, <laughs> I guess? Um, I So, I mean, I had a weird relationship because I always knew the cover of this record, but never knew what this band sounded like. Yes. Um, and especially with the lyrics to the last song, um, <laughs> kind of playing into the whole thing. I've always liked the colors. I like the really stark Love contrast between like all the colors and the white and yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. dude, I'm in actually. I like the cover of this record. the 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 bug is very weird looking. Like I think you could very nineties. Yeah, you could have it without the bug, and it would. I'd be, be more into it. Yes, it'd be great. But like, yeah, it's super nineties looking with the bug there. 
or I whatever it is dragon i don't know i don't like i love the cover how much of that is nostalgia i don't know whatever i love it fuck Who it. cares yeah. yeah um all right favorite into another cover art <laughs> this one yeah because the cover for seamless not great <laughs> it's like a uh it's like a teen saw the cover of Ignore Us and said, yo, yo, I got a cool idea for the next one. Yeah, um, it's, I, like I your, it's like your son drew it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope maybe we'll we'll bring that back for when we do Seamless eventually. Yeah. When Seamless hits streaming, we'll do it. Um, <laughs> no offense. No, none at all. Not I'm at taken. all. He's eight. So um, going through <laughs> these factors, assigning it. Uh, what are you giving this record on a scale of one to five? Uh... I'm going to give it a God, this is really hard. Um, Cause I'm trying not to give it threes. I yeah, said, that I, a few I, know, I know, but it's okay. Like, like threes are so lame. I'm going to give this a, I'm going to give it a 2.5. Okay. I'm giving it a 4.5. Okay. It's not a five, but it's close. Um, by the way, like a wow. uh, little, little note. I thought about giving it a five. I mean, Hey, I thought about it getting in basically maritime murder, William and drowning. I love, I really like those songs, but it's like, like in fights, you know, it's like 10, nine, nine, 10, 10, eight. You know what I mean? It's like how they grade a fight. To me, it's like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 8, 9, yeah. 9, 9. It's like, shit, you were really close to a perfect score, but it just was right there. Like, they all still are really good songs, but it's not quite like perfect. So um, I have to assume, I mean, maybe we'll do it at some point, but I have to assume in your mind right now, Seamless is a five. Yes. No question. Okay. It's, it's like, right. uh, I'm, I, let me look at the track listing right now so here's the thing with seamless the first three tracks are god tier to me mutate me locksmiths and lawyers and tail unbelievable then the next four are all really really good and then the next two are good no one of them is great and then the last two are really strong so um it's yeah it's 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 better than ignore us Okay. Pretty pretty confidently. Um, I'm going to have to find that on Soulseek or something. Yeah, or just listen to a YouTube link, which is so oh, true. Oh, the yeah. worst. I hate um, doing that. I know. It's such a pain in the ass. Uh, this is, we just hit 40-year-old conversation. Um, <laughs> so um, do you own this record on vinyl, or will you be adding it to your collection? Yo, I thought about this question a lot um, mm-hmm. because I do not own it. Okay. Um, I looked it up and it's not expensive. No, it's to- just a regular black vinyl. Yeah, copy. it's to- totally affordable. That's all I want is something to listen to. Um, at first, listen, I was like, I thought it was a really interesting record. I was excited to be doing it yep. and I found a lot in it, but I was like, am I ever going to go back to this? Okay. But quite honestly, when I started going through the lyrics, I was like, oh, this is like a lot deeper than I thought. Maybe there is something more for me here. I think I want to add this to my collection. Fuck yeah. I'd love to hear it. Uh, I think you should do the Into Another Deep Dive. I own it on white vinyl. So uh, Sick. Is that OG? 
Soji. Um, okay. Tracked it down before it got kind of not. It's not super expensive, but it's a little expensive on white. So, um, had it for a long time. It's not going anywhere. Um, nice. That's what I like to hear. Everybody, I like, those, f- I like those records that just stay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's parked. You know, it's uh, parked in a locked garage. Um, everybody should follow us on social media at trackspod and email us at trackspod at gmail.com fuck yeah everybody um thank you for checking it out talk to you next week bye bye